Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So I got to apologize. Yeah. I was so sick last week. Of me. And I was just thinking about the phrase (laughs) sick as a dog. Uh Because that's what I had the impulse to say. Yeah. But it doesn't really make sense. Like, do dogs get more sick than humans? I don't know where that comes from. A lot of those things you can... Kind of put it together. I think that's one I'd have to research because I don't see a logical path to that sick as a dog. It, it's something worth noodling on for a while and then going and finding out what it actually was. I think we should call on an expert. We're changing the show up. Yeah, we're going to call uh, my neighbor's dog. <laughs> New format, ask an expert. We have Ralph on the line. Ralph? Oh, it's uh, it's Rolf. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, there was, an, there was another one that I used to know and have since forgot um, flying off the handle. Yeah. I remember because my, like, sixth grade English teacher yeah. had a big book of idioms. Right. And that was, like, one of the first ones and it and it went through into like all the history of them all and where they all came from but i've since forgotten it hmm. flying off the handle i don't know but do you think there was a problem with people throwing out babies with bath water yeah what what sort of abundant supply of babies do you have to have to just go oh 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 no Oh, well. <laughs> Good news, Jack. You're getting lucky again. <laughs> Throughout the baby. <laughs> or is that a commentary on how opaque the bathwater was? That's exactly what it was. I do know the backstory behind that one. So, like, <clears throat> your hierarchy in the family would be, like, either the man or the wife would depending on how they determined who should get the bath first, right? And they would get the bath and the kids and on down to the youngest, but it'd be the same bath water. So by the time the baby was in it, it was so dingy. The baby would go, go under, you wouldn't be able to see it. So it was like kind of a joke on how dirty the water was, which is disgusting to think about now, but... As long as we ignore what's happening in Ohio. Yeah, we do. We ignore it. Perfect. Moving on. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about today is, is wind power a feasible way to power the grid or education? One of those two topics. Ooh, ooh let's do number two. Let's do both. No, 
Now let's move on to education. So let's uh, let's set the stage here. Okay. There is no stage, it looks like. It's more of a sidewalk. Yeah. So you read a speech. Well, I, I read a book that had this speech in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hit me hard when I read it years ago. But but you've never actually heard the speech delivered. Is that right? Never seen any videos, never heard her voice. I assume it's a her and she would like to be called a her. If not, somebody correct me. Well, let's just call the person Erica, which is their name. Erica Goldson. Jewish? Probably Jewish, right? One can only hope. So let's uh, let's listen to this speech that you read some years ago, shall we? Let's do that. I'm excited. She is doing the valedictorian speech. High school graduation. Yeah, high school. High school valedictorian. Here we go. And really, really work at it. How long then? Asked the student. Uh, 30 years, replied the master. <laughs> but I do not understand, said the disappointed student. At each time that I say I will work harder, you say that it will take me longer. Why do you say that? Replied the master, when you have one eye on the goal, you only have one eye on the path. This is the dilemma that I face within the American public education system. We are so focused on a goal, whether it be passing a test or graduating as first in the class. However, in this way, we do not really learn at our fullest. We do whatever it takes to achieve our original objective. Some of you may be thinking, well, if you pass a test or become valedictorian, didn't you learn something? Well, yes, you learned something, but not all that you could have. Perhaps you only learned how to memorize names, places, and dates to later on forget in order to clear your mind for the next test. School is not all that it can be. Right now, it's a place for most people to determine that their goal out is to get out as soon as possible. I'm now accomplishing that goal. I am graduating. I should look at this as a positive experience, especially being at the top of my class. However, in retrospect, I cannot say that I'm any more intelligent than my peers. I can attest that I am only the best at doing what I'm told. I um, yeah, Here I stand, and I'm supposed to be proud that I have completed this period of indoctrination. I will leave in the fall and I will go on to the next phase expected of me in order to receive a paper document that certifies that I'm capable of work. But I contest that I'm a human being, not just a worker. I'm a thinker, an adventurer. A worker is someone who is trapped within repetition, a slave of the system set up before him. But now I have successfully shown that I was the best slave. I did what I was told to the extreme. While others sat in class and doodled to later become great artists, I sat in class to take notes to become a great test taker. While others would come to class without their homework done because they were reading about an interest of theirs, I never missed an assignment. While others were creating music and writing lyrics, I decided to do extra credit, even even though I didn't even need it. So I wonder, why did I even want this position? Sure, I earned it, but what will come of it? When I leave educational institutionalism, will I be successful or forever lost? I have no clue about what I want to do with my life. I have no interest because I saw every subject as a study. 
as work, and I excelled at every subject just for the purpose of excelling and not learning. And quite frankly, I'm very scared. Chantel Argado, a retired school teacher and activist, critical of compulsory schooling, asserts, we could encourage the best qualities of youthfulness, curiosity, adventure, resilience, the capacity for surprising insight simply by being more flexible about time, texts, and tests, by introducing kids into truly competent adults, and by giving each student what autonomy he or she needs in order to take a risk every now and then. But we don't do that. Between these cinder block walls, we are all expected to be the same. We are trained to ace every standardized test, and those who deviate and see light through a different lens are worthless to the scheme of public education, and therefore viewed with contempt. H.L. Mencken wrote in the American Mercury for April 1924 that the aim of public education is not to fill the young of this species with knowledge and awaken their intelligence. Nothing could be further from the truth. The aim is simply to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level to breed and train a standardized citizenry to put down dissent and originality. That is the aim in the United States. To illustrate this idea, doesn't it perturb you to learn about the idea of critical thinking? Is there really such a thing as uncritically thinking? To think is to process information in order to form an opinion. But if we are not critical when processing this information, are we really thinking? Or are we mindlessly accepting other opinions as truth? This was happening to me, and if it wasn't for the rare occurrence of an avant-garde 10th grade English teacher, Donna Bryan, I would have been doomed. I'm not enlightened, but my mind still feels disabled. I must retrain myself and constantly remember how insane this ostensibly sane place really is. And now here I am in a world guided by fear, a world suppressing the uniqueness that lies inside each of us, a world where we can either accuse to the inhuman nonsense of corporatism and materialism or insist on change. We are not enlivened by an educational system that clandestinely sets us up for jobs that could be automated, for work that need not be done, for enslavement without fervency for meaningful achievement. We have no choices in life when money is our motivational force. Our motivational force ought to be passion, but this is lost from the moment we step into a system that trains us rather than inspires us. We are more than robotic bookshelves, conditioned to blurt out facts we were taught in school. We are all very special. Every human on this planet is very special. So aren't we all deserving of something better? Of using our minds for innovation rather than memorization, for creativity rather than futile activity, for rumination rather than stagnation. We are not here to get a degree to then get a job so we can consume industry-approved application after application. There is more and more still. The saddest part is that the majority of students don't have the opportunity to reflect as I did. The majority of students are put through the same brainwashing techniques in order to create a complacent labor force working in the interests of large corporations and secretive government. And worst of all, they are completely unaware of it. I will never be able to turn back these 18 years. I can't run away to another country with a different education system, perhaps meant to enlighten rather than condition. This part of my life is over, and I want to make sure that no other child will have his or her potential suppressed by powers meant to exploit and control. 
We are human beings. We are thinkers, dreamers, explorers, artists, writers, engineers. We are anything we want to be, but only if we have an educational system that supports us rather than holds us down. A tree can grow, but only if its roots are given a healthy foundation. For those of you out there that must continue to sit in desks and yield to the authoritarian ideologies of instructors, do not be disheartened. You still have the opportunity to stand up, ask questions, be critical, and create your own perspective. Demand a setting that will provide you with intellectual capabilities that allow you to expand your mind instead of directing it. Demand that you be interested in class. Demand that the excuse, you have to learn this for the test, is not good enough for you. Education is an excellent tool if used properly, but focus more on learning rather than getting good grades. For those of you that work within the system that I am condemning, I do not mean to insult. I intend to motivate. You have the power to change the incompetencies of the system. I know that you did not become a teacher or an administrator to see your students bored. You cannot accept the authority of the governing bodies that tell you what to teach, how to teach, and that you will be punished if you do not comply. Our potential is at stake. For those of you that are now leaving this establishment, I say, do not forget what went on in these classrooms. Do not abandon those that come after you. We are the new future, and we are not going to let tradition stand. We will break down the walls of corruption to let a garden of knowledge grow throughout America. Once educated properly, we will be cultivated and wise. We will have the power to do anything, and best of all, we will use that power for only good. We will not accept anything at face value. We will ask questions and we will demand truth. So here I stand. I'm not standing here as valedictorian by myself. I was molded by my environment, by all my peers who are sitting here behind me. I couldn't have accomplished this without all of you. It was all of you who truly made me the person I am today. It was all of you who were my competition, yet my backbone. In that way, we are all valedictorians. I am now supposed to say farewell to this institution, those who maintain it, and those who stand with me and behind me, but I hope this farewell is more of a see you later when we are all working together to rear a pedagogic movement. But first, let's go get those pieces of paper that tell us that we're smart enough to do so. <laughs> okay, so did that hit as hard via speech as it did in the written word? I mean, no, it was better because of the the misspeaking, the the childhood youth that was portrayed as she was doing it. It made it even more impactful. Plus, my lack of sleep made me a little bit shit hits me a little harder right now. So, but yeah, I'm a little choked up over that. <laughs> What do you hear in that? A lot, of, a lot of hope. A lot of uh, while she was complaining, she was like, it almost sounded like, "Hey, we got this. Let's just not do it anymore." You know what I mean? And uh, it was youthful and a little naive, but in a good way. And then. It was like uh, almost as if she was she's refi 
rediscovering her youth that was the the creative side of her that had been taken away and it was very powerful (laughs) in that sense to me i had a very bad experience in grade school myself not not like bad like abused or that kind of thing but like the school system wasn't designed to keep up with me so i had a lot of trouble in that sense you know and uh I wasn't really one to roll over and say, yeah, I'll, um, I'll do this busy work because if the teachers want you to do busy work, so you just stay quiet, don't bother them, you know? So, and I would always buck on that, which caused issues and whatnot. So I, uh, I've been against the school system for a long time. Not against learning. Never. I've always loved learning. But I wish that I knew as much as she did. I wish I had read uh, John Taylor Cotto. So I, I would understand more about what I was fighting against while I was there. She's so much further than I was. You know? And uh, that's really all, all that I'm choked up about. I'm just jealous. Not really. Um, I don't know. I I see so much hope with with stuff like that. I feel inspired to do more for the movement, for the kids, for the for freedom, for private property, for humanity. When I see that that kind of bravery from just a tiny little girl, but no, it. it it, but to your point, it hit me hard reading it, too, you know. Um, but I think it was more intellectually that it hit me when I read it. Whereas hearing it, emotion, I had an emotional connection to it. By the way, guys, I've been reading uh, The White Pill. <laughs> and I've had a lack of sleep. So I'm like right on the verge of breaking down all the time right now. (laughs) So that's probably why I'm a little bit more choked up about the speech than I normally would be. So how'd how'd that make you feel when you heard it? I'll be honest. I caught myself being critical. Yeah. I didn't like it, but I did catch myself thinking about how that compares to a speech of someone double her age and with plenty of writing and public speaking experience. And I didn't like Uh. that, but I can easily see how someone's first thought might be, is this a bit repetitive? See, I felt the youth from that. (laughs) The fact that it wasn't so well done. Well, I, I say that because while that is my toxic trait, we'll say. You can't help that. I think the majority of what I felt was this duality of things that I think are in some ways opposed, but are also both beautiful ideas. 
And what I mean by that is I feel fortunate to have the experience that I have, having had a very traumatic experience with school Mm -hmm. while also having a best friend who's an educator. Those are opposing forces that I think help make me better because I'm very passionate about both of those things, Uh about having the absolute worst years of my life while also knowing people who want nothing more than to improve the next generation and educate the youth and make. But don't you feel bad for your friend when they work inside a system that for the most part ties their hands? I do. And in the same way that I feel bad for everyone that I work with in that we can't do the things that we want to do. Well, that's different, I think, because we're talking about forced government child rearing to, you know, a private company doing stupid shit. That's fair. But I I heard something in that speech that I thought was interesting. She gave credit to, I want to say it was... A teacher. Donna Bryan, maybe. She said 10th grade. 10th grade teacher, yeah. Which is a very formidable time. And I don't know if that's ironic that she was enlightened by an educator or poetic, but that's sort of what I mean by that duality is the idea that the very person who influenced her in such a positive way was a person who is operating inside that system. And I don't, I don't knock that at all. I had, I had one too. And she was brainwashed as shit. She was falling for the whole hairspray is going to make us all freeze to death. She was hardcore into that. You know, go plant a tree, never use Aquanet, that kind of shit. To be fair, both of those things are probably good calls. Like if you don't use Aquanet and you plant a tree, you're, you're okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would say you're not worse off than you were, would have been otherwise, right? But she was good about letting us find our path towards learning the curriculum, which was extremely time consuming for her. She wouldn't, she didn't get to sit at her desk and and relax because people like me and my friend let's call him Ike would uh jump up on our desk and do the nanu nanu thing all the time and you know make people laugh and more calling awesome and she didn't you didn't we didn't get in trouble for these things we we would she would find some way to incorporate whatever mischief we were doing because it was all out of fun. It wasn't like mischief to hurt anybody. So she would find some way to incorporate that into whatever she wanted to teach us. And while she was falling for all the 
government propaganda, she was teaching me how to critically think because we weren't just told stuff that was in a book to memorize it. We were connecting things to things to to remember to memorize things, you know. And it was like the whole process. And a lot of it was a lot of the things that I remember the most were like, well, it's weird that, it, you know, this silly thing I'm doing, I actually had to use that to come up with it. You know, I didn't even know I was doing division, you know, or whatever, but she would, she would connect it. So it was pretty amazing, but that was it. That was the only one. I had an, another amazing teacher in high school, but she was amazing for another reason. Yep. <laughs> so she had this girl that we just listened to speech, had a 10th grade teacher that she named. Yeah, I hope she got permission to do that. Else there's a termination notice sitting on her desk when she comes in in uh, the fall. But it only takes one, right? So there is, there is that. But that's that's for a kid that's looking for it, you know. Whereas one teacher, for a lot of kids, isn't enough. They get broke down by the rest, you know. So while your friend is doing, let's call it God's work, to try, he's in a system that is. Yeah, you know, for lack of a better term, hostile to the ideas of critical thinking. I mean, that's the opposite of what it's designed to do. I would not knock a teacher that's trying to spark something in a bleak, drab, socialist shithole of a public school system. Give some sort of spark of light to the children. But I also am not willing to say that because there's that little spark there that it's not still a dark trap, shithole socialist, you know, dream killer, death machine of a system. And that's about the nicest way I could put it. You're effectively saying don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, it's it's a system. It's not I don't hate a teacher, public school teacher, for being a public school teacher. I hate most public school teachers because they are complacent pieces of shit willing to go along with the system. But I hate every public school teacher that I hate. I hate them individually. I don't hate them as a group. And there are public school teachers that I don't hate. There are very fucking few of them that I actually really like. I think even though it can be simplified to don't hate the player, hate the game, I do think that message actually gets lost in the discourse about this because it often becomes a red team, blue team conversation. And it, it may, I know it gets turned that way when I try to talk about it, but I find that 
because the person I'm talking to is a drab socialist piece of shit who can't understand that there's depth to a conversation. Or, or conversely, it's someone who is not a person who excelled in school and is resentful and bitter and... And has every right to be. Well, but unlike you and I, they aren't actually against the education system. They're against education. Like there are ignorant people and there are people who are anti-education. And I think that poisons the well. Yeah, but I don't think they're talking about the same things we're talking. They're not talking about what this woman or young lady was talking about. That was a very highly educated conversation she was having with those people while it was youthful and naive to an extent it was powerful and intelligent and showed that she looked at a series of things and came up with her own conclusion right and was willing to to admit that like there was people in this system that she was railing against that were that weren't they weren't the system they were they were something better it, it was it was very useful and powerful to me it just it reminded me of my my own son telling me enlightening things you know and me having to say you know what you're right <laughs> i've been wrong it felt like that, but she was doing it to the Prussian school system that we've set up to create good little yes sir, whatever you say, master worker people. And don't get me wrong, don't don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm saying that's exactly what this is. Just because I like somebody who's a school teacher who may not believe what I'm saying here, that doesn't mean that it's not that, oh, this is my opinion and they can have their opinion. This is this is how it was set up. You look at the history, you look at who did it, you look at what they said and why they did it. This is what they did it to do. It is designed to do this. It is an evil system that some good people work inside of. And if they're not willing to accept that, that doesn't change the fact that they're good people. They could still be good people, but they, they're they also wrong. They are wrong. Wrong in what way? It is designed. Oh, you're saying to do that. Position that it's, okay. I see <laughs> they're not willing to accept that. I thought you meant that. just like by their existence. I was like, no. oh, they're just not supposed to be. <laughs> no, no they're, they're wrong about that yeah they're they're perfectly good people i guarantee you that my teacher would would disagree with me wholeheartedly about well at least back then i don't know what how she feels now or even if she's still on this earth but at least the the first one i was talking about <laughs> um but but she was a good person she was trying to do right by the kids even if she didn't know 
where the evil was or what the evil was or even how to defend the kids from the evil just because she was so engaged in the children it didn't matter as much because we were so important to what she was doing that she was catering to us and it helped that it was a little spark in that whole shit storm of a school career that I went through. Fourth grade held me through the rest of it. Third and seventh were my two two worst. So third, I was ready to like, I didn't, you know, it's just a little kid, but like, I, I lost, I, in third grade, I lost hope. Like, I was getting really depressed. I remember, and like, I was, I was, it was in a, I was in a dark place. I was already, like, starting to think about, like, my mortality and stuff, because, yeah, I really, you know, you're, you're at school a big portion of your life, and I was miserable, and the teacher there was, perfectly happy to make you miserable if you were quiet didn't matter how you got quiet if then she was okay with it so she had to de make you depressed as fuck so you just sulk in the corner so you'd be quiet that's what you'd do and then fourth grade came along and was the opposite of that her name the teacher's name was Tamara her first name I'm not going to say her last because I don't know if she'd want that but don't you go looking her up if you know where I live guys oh there's already deep fake nudes of her now on the, the chat <laughs> they already found her it's a trap and there's no comfort 